Hello folks and welcome to this bonus Florida edition of Got Your Back NHL. Ryan Rashog alongside Pierre Lebrun just wrapping up the uh, NHL Board of Governor meetings. So uh, we're kind of doing this a little bit on the fly here, Pierre. We got kind of our own little technical setup going here and uh, our own little microphone setup. So the, uh, I don't know, the audio and the wind might be a little bit sketchy, but we'll, we'll make it work here. We'll cobble it together. But it gives the people at home uh, an idea of what it's like right now, Oceanside here, yeah, exactly. the Board of Governors meeting, this right? This is one of the tougher gigs that we always do, hey? <laughs> uh, so Got Your Back NHL Edition is brought to you by our good friends at Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals. So this is where I would normally do a nice long read telling you all about the company. I don't want to do that on this episode though. I want to tell you about their Christmas party. <laughs> Man, do they know how to have a lot of fun. So they're based in Spruce Grove, Pierre. And I went to their Christmas party this last week. And man, they have so much fun. They rented a hall uh, out there in Spruce Grove. They had a live band in, a bunch of giveaways. I got to tell you, man. Jealous, like, like jealous. Tim and Wayne and Radar and Kate in the group and Kristen, like they have such a great vibe with their company. You can always tell what the vibe is at a company by their, uh, by their Christmas party and how it is. And so much fun, so many laughs. The, you can tell they really care about one another. Pretty cool place, pretty cool atmosphere. Randine and I had an absolute blast. So as always, we're very thrilled that Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals uh, is our uh, title sponsor here on Got Your Back, but even more so now because I've seen the way they party, Pierre. That's that's an important <laughs> distinction right there. That's a layer that you didn't have until then. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So listen, I got to chirp you a little bit here because I mean, I, we'll probably never wear sunglasses on the podcast again, ever. But I do have to say, your commitment to those sunglasses today has been a little bit overdone. For those of you who don't know, Pierre showed up this morning. I'm not going to say if you were a little green or not. I don't know if you were or not. Not but at you, all. You showed up inside the hotel today with those sunglasses I on. have sensitive eyes. I'm a sensitive man. <laughs> yeah, well, you showed great commitment to it because you showed up wearing the sunglasses. Chris Johnston chirped you. Frank Saravalli chirped you. I chirped you and started taking pictures. And you hung in there. You were inside the hotel for like 90 minutes wearing those suckers. You refuse to take them off. As I like to say to my friends at home, you can't get in my kitchen, I don't have a kitchen. <laughs> You've just never been in the kitchen, that's why. Yeah. It actually does exist. That's where that's where they make the food in your house. Okay. I don't know if you knew that okay. or not. All right, listen, uh, Board of Governor meetings just wrapped up, so uh, let's break this all down. I don't know, we'll be like a 15, 20 minute podcast here just breaking down some of what the discussion was. Uh, but the breakdown, of course, is brought to you by our good friends at Pro Hockey Life. And uh, it feels weird saying in this weather, but it's Christmas time pretty, pretty soon here, Pierre, though it doesn't feel like it right now. So Pro Hockey Life is a great spot to go for the Christmas shopping that you need to get done for the hockey lover in your life. How about a hockey shot hockey radar? You can track how hard your young player is shooting it. Maybe have a contest, see how hard you can <laughs> shoot it. They got other cool training devices like the Super Deke, the Helio Core Performance Sensor. They got all the cool technology to help measure and improve your growth in different areas of your game. So if you got some Christmas shopping to do, think about Pro Hockey Life. Okay, a number of items on the agenda. Um, let's maybe start first and foremost with the Ottawa Senators ownership situation because you know we've been sort of wondering all along how much interest is there and how many people are interested. And, and while the, the process really isn't gonna get going until January of these bids, we got a bit of a sense today, Pierre, of how many interested groups there are, and it's a fair number. Yeah, uh, a dozen uh, interested uh, bidders, according to Gary Bettman, uh, um, it, which is to say 12 different parties uh, that have signed NDAs so that they can get a closer look at what's going on with the auto senators uh, financially, et cetera, et cetera, which is standard practice before you enter the actual bidding process. 
I don't know if they'll end up having 12 people actually trying to buy the team, but certainly at this stage, it shows there's a lot of interest, right? Yeah. Um, and so that was an, an important development in terms of, of the league sharing that information. The bottom line is, um, you know, I, I think this team is going to sell for a pretty good chunk of change. There's competition. There's demand to be part of this ownership group. And it'll be interesting, too, how the different parties may end up, I wonder, combining their efforts depending on how this whole thing happens, right? Yeah. You know, people that may not even know each other but are thinking if we join forces, maybe we've got a better chance of winning this bid. You do see that sometimes in these situations. So I'm sort of keeping an eye out for that as well. People really want to know what Ryan Reynolds' potential involvement is here. He stated it publicly. He's been at games. You get the sense that whatever ownership group ends up winning the bid, that there's an advantage there to maybe drawing Ryan Reynolds in. It's not like he's attaching himself to one or two specific ones, and if they don't get it, he's completely out. Could you see him kind of, you know, whoever ends up getting it, you bring right. on Ryan Reynolds and his group, and it, and it gives the NHL the, you know, the, the jam that they want. They've met with him. Gary Bettman said they really enjoyed their meeting with him. They love his social media reach. So could he end up involved kind of regardless of who ends up winning this thing? Yeah, it's a distinct possibility. And it's pretty clear, too, that Gary Bettman uh, would like to see that, which probably won't be lost on whatever bidders are at are in the final stretch on this thing, that, A, the commissioner holds so much sway as to who ends up buying a team, no matter what anyone says. And if the commissioner's excited about having Ryan Reynolds potentially involved, I think if you're a bidder, you're like, I, I better get Ryan Reynolds involved. Right. So, so I think all those things could potentially happen depending on who wins out. But uh, it's still lots to play out in this process. And, and of course, interesting this week that Michael Anlauer, who's minority owner of the Montreal Canadiens, was here at the Board of Governors, as he always is, but not in the capacity of being able to comment as one of the interested bidders on the Ottawa Senators, which, as we know, he, he will be. And he will be... I think also partnering, I think, with, with someone else. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then, of course, having to divest himself of his shares of the Montreal Canadiens if he ends up winning out. But again, we're a little early on all this. Really cool the way the process works. They have this, what's the name of the room that they get access to? So prospective owners sign a non-disclosure agreement and then they get access to, it's like a password into this, this online forum where all of the financial right. information, like yeah. yeah, like a portal where all the financial information for the Ottawa Senators is, and it's where they get, uh, Ian Mendez actually uh, from The Athletic mm -hmm. just wrote a really nice article kind of detailing all of it, but pretty cool, the amount of information they get access to, the way it works, they got to sign these NDAs, and then they start the bidding process after that and that. Uh, we'll probably start sometime in the new year. So for now, we know just over a dozen groups interested and we'll see how it narrows itself down. Let's get to Lon uh, London, Ontario in 2018. The alleged sexual assault uh, incidents that happened there, the NHL uh, in the middle of their own investigation into that. And it's maybe tied in a little bit with the London Police Department and the timing of their investigation as well. So Gary Bettman updated that, uh, Pierre, and it sounds like they're getting towards the end of it, but still a few hurdles to clear. Yeah, his exact words were, we're in the home stretch of the investigation. But then it's also clear, they've now reiterated this a couple of times, but the league wants to be sensitive to where London police is on the criminal investigation. And the league doesn't want to be caught announcing something that could negatively impact the criminal investigation in London, which makes sense, by the way. I know it's frustrating for a lot of people because it feels like every time we ask the league about where they are in this investigation that they keep saying the same thing, that they're near the end and near the end and near the end. I think it's pretty obvious now that even though the league does say they can go ahead if they feel comfortable announce their own findings separate from the London, Ontario Police criminal investigation, 
it makes a lot of sense that they're going to be a bit in lockstep, I think, in terms of the, the, the you know, the exchange of information as all this gets nearer. Right. And the reality right now is it, it sounds like London police can't give a, a definitive timeline on when they're going to be done. So, you know, we'll see ultimately when the leak feels it's in the clear to announce its own findings. And, and following some of Rick Westhead's excellent reporting on this, uh, discussing the idea that the forensics that they need to get done are often done through Toronto mm -hmm. and there can be a bit of a backlog to get forensic uh, uh, forensics done. So not sure what the holdup is, but obviously all parties taking their time and wanting to get through this thoroughly. Uh, let's move on to the salary cap. So we thought maybe there was three possibilities. One. Well, I they, think there are. Well, there are. <laughs> but Gary Bettman only wants to talk about two. Yeah. So let's let's hit on them. One that escrow gets paid off, and maybe the you know the cap jumps up a significant amount next year. Two, it doesn't, and it only jumps up a million. And we thought, well, maybe they'll negotiate their way to find a little bit with of a jump NHL next PA. year with the PA, yeah. and a little bit the year after. Well, Gary Bettman wanted nothing to do with that third option, really saying. It looks like they might come up short here, and it could be the $1 million bump. Right. So the most prevalent option right now, according to Gary Bettman, is their projections seem to indicate that the players will still be $70 million in debt at the end of the season from the pandemic money owed. Um, so therefore, the cap just goes up a million, which is not the news that any single GM in the league wants to hear. But he allowed again that sometimes they get surprised by revenue growth in the second half of the year, which actually happened last year and that maybe the players do end up paying it and now the cap goes up more than more than four million he definitely did not want to talk about option three which is whether or not they would negotiate a smoother cap escalation with the pa the reality is that's very much on the table but the league is waiting for the pa to come to them on this that conversation has not happened yet between the pa and the nhl the PA is talking about this internally with players and, and, and determining whether they want to actually go through and, and approach the league about it. I think the PA will. Yeah. And so when they do, how does the league react and what does that mean? I think there is benefit for both sides of this, for, for teams and for players, in my opinion, to have a nice pathway of, let's say, three years worth of negotiated cap numbers where you actually know what it is. And right. you can plan around that trade-wise, signing-wise. There's all kinds of benefits for everyone involved, not just for one side, I think, to know what you're getting into the next three years. But let's wait for the PA to contact well, the league. And the commission was a little almost standoffish about it. I asked him a question about that third option and maybe right. is there a negotiation? And he just said, he, he said, no. Like, what are you trying to negotiate for them? He kind of got a little <laughs> bit, as he as he can do, right? He'll yeah. push back. You were right to ask Wow. Yeah. Right, because it, it seems like it makes sense rather than have one year where it just suddenly rockets way up and, mm -hmm. and the position that can put some teams in. Now, a little less bullish on his revenue projection today than he was uh, six or seven weeks ago in yeah. New York at the one-day Board of Governors meeting that, that I was at. And I think there's a very simple reason, even though he also downplayed that with me, the Canadian dollar. Yeah. Canadian dollar is not, is, not, you know, is not in a good place right now vis-a-vis -vis the U.S. currency. And the seven Canadian teams have a huge influence on general NHL HRR, on revenue. So you got the currency is a factor here, no matter what anyone says. So that's the other... You know, the other thing to consider here over the next several months. Figuring they were in the range of 70 million short on their projection right now. So the Canadian dollar and which teams make the playoffs can even impact that, right? You get some big market teams right. that make the playoffs and go deep. Yeah. I mean, it, it fills the coffers even more. Right. If the Leafs finally get out of the first round, that could be good for HR. <laughs> that's, a, that's a podcast for another day when we're not in the Florida sun. Why, why go down that road uh, when we got this, this beautiful weather here? Uh, other notable things. Uh, lots of people are talking about the digital rink boards. 
And whether they like yeah. them or don't like them on TV, lots. I don't know what your friends are saying and what your buddies are saying. I'm hearing the odd complaint here and there. But what we found out today is that the league has been seeking feedback on it. The feedback is fine, but maybe more to the point, revenue projections from it are higher than they even anticipated. So when he said that, Pierre, I hate to say it for those of you that don't like it, I don't think they're going anywhere no, because they're, they're earning more money than they expected. They're not going anywhere. And they had some growing pains. I mean, I know that the league didn't appreciate my tweet from earlier in the season when I th <laughs> said it was a disaster. But a lot of that was from the feedback I was getting from hockey fans at home who were yeah. distracted by them. But if you've noticed, it, 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 they've somehow smoothed it out a bit compared to the way it looked in October on a lot of the broadcasts I'm seeing. And not only are they making more money off this, but I, I spoke to someone over the last couple of days that hinted that there's more to come as to what that could look Ooh. like. And, and, and in the sense that there could be future broadcasts in the years to come where suddenly they're giving you power play stats for a second on the rink boards and, and they're bringing you or a replay of a goal or different things that they're thinking about outside the box. Really? So, so keep an eye on where keep an eye on where this is all headed. Yeah. I don't like the sounds of that. Less is more on those rink boards for me. I don't know. I, I guess everybody's kind of got their own feel on it, but I haven't been that distracted watching the game. Like like Gary Bettman said, if you're focused on it and you're rather than watching the game, watching the rink boards, right? Maybe you start to notice some things. But if you're focused on the hockey, he doesn't feel. Now that it's a huge issue. What else happened? Did anything else worth talking about? You you took your annual stab <laughs> at changing the playoff format. He knows it's coming every year, Pierre. He sees it coming a mile away. To be clear, you want a play-in. I, I don't want anything. I, I'm doing my job, which is that I'm continually hearing from owners and governors who want a play-in. Want a play-in. So you're my reflecting job, my, my, their... Yeah, yeah, my job is to share that with yeah. our readers and our, and our listeners. And... I did an informal poll of 12 governors over the last 48 hours, and the and it was 12 nothing, 12 governors in Want favor it. of a play-in, and, and so yeah, I asked the commissioner about it today, and I knew that that he you know that he would not be happy with the question. I mean, too bad. Uh, Gary Bettman remains absolutely uh, against the idea of a play-in, uh, essentially saying you know that I'm trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> okay, it generated the quote of the day because you asked him about it, he gave his answer, and then he basically said, Pierre, you're trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist. But Which, it sounds like it kind of exists well, in the minds well, of his again, of governors. And, and, so, and, you know, and again, the governors don't want to go on the record because they don't want to get in trouble uh, with, with Bettman about it, and I get that part. I mean, th the way to this eventually is to back-channel this and to convince Gary Bettman over time. Well, maybe the TV networks would want it to. Well, that's, I mean, I wonder about that, especially in the U.S., if, if, if ESPN and TNT start putting pressure on the league about a play, and we've seen how successful it's been in the other sports in recent years, so. Yeah. Okay, let's, so you know. quickly, let's run, let's do the devil's advocate thing. We'll play why to do it and why not to do it. So, the reason to do it, and, and let, let's explain it, there would be a play-in that existed at the end of every regular season to determine what. So, most governors I talk to would like to see, in each conference, seven play against ten, eight against nine, a, a real tight best of three where you only play in, in one city like baseball just did, where you're not traveling for it. So it's really tight. The higher seed gets the home games. You're done in basically three days. And and then that decides who gets into the 16. So you still have the 16, which right. matters a lot to Gary Bettman, but you're having a play-in to get into the 16. That is by far the most popular idea that is out there uh, among the governors that I, that I speak with. So. It'd be great we'll drama. It'd yeah, be great drama. and, and the, again, the, the, the you know the, the Philadelphia Phillies went to the World Series this year. They were one of those teams in baseball. Yeah. So that's the point here: is that 
The NHL, when Gary Bettman became commissioner 30 years ago, 16 of 21 made the playoffs. Now it's 16 of 32. And I get it. A lot of people like that because 16 of 21 was ridiculous. But you talk about the interest in March, adding more markets into a playoff race, obviously more revenue. I honestly think it will happen over time. The counter argument that he presents is that it waters down the first round of the playoffs that that he said there's no greater, you know, playoff in sports than the first round of the NHL playoffs because right. we have I would still call it the first round, the play in to get to the first round. Right. So you yeah. just think it adds to that. They yeah. think that it doesn't that it dilutes it. Asked about the idea of additional revenue, he didn't necessarily agree with that. His counter argument being that maybe you get less less fans in the stands towards the tail end of a regular season that doesn't necessarily mean as much uh, like he's got a counter argument for all of it yeah. but if there really is the inertia behind the scenes uh, it'll be interesting to and, see. And, and the key to it is aside from pressure from from the tv networks the other pressure will be eventually is a, his executive committee of owners that small little group that really has huge sway over, over league matters they usually meet right before like they did this week before the board of governors if that group ever finds um, a, a reason to get behind this idea, then that, that's when you know it might happen. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe finally you'll get your way. I know it's not your way. Well, what do you want? So you're reflecting what the governors want. Yeah. Now, this is your podcast. You can give your I, 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 I think the plan is fine as long as it's short, tight, and, and it's still about the 16, but getting to the 16. I, I, I think it's, it's great value. I think it would, you'd have way, you'd have fewer meaningless games in the month of March because you'd have more teams still involved in a race. And, and I think it's, honestly, I don't even understand the downside, but there you go. All right. Anything else I'm missing? Just Anything a quick little uh, interesting nugget, uh, and you really sort of have to be nerdy about the CBA, I guess, to care about this. But you may remember last year that the Evgeny Dadunov trade that got rescinded. It was a mm, bit embarrassing yes. for the league and the confusion over his no trade list. And after that, the league announced that, Let's just remind people. So he was traded to a team that was on his no trade list. Is that the way that? I'm yeah, and, and, there was, and there was confusion about why. The bottom line is when the trade happened is that the NHL Central Registry didn't have access to the list, which blew my mind, by the way. Yeah. So in, in, in the aftermath of all this, the league announced at the gym meetings last March that they wanted to, you know, have sort of a central warehouse of these no trade lists so that th- that never happens again, which honestly makes sense but at the time they said they also wanted the nhlpa to be involved in it so that the pa also had a record of the list given that it involves their players what bill daly shared today at the end of the board of governors meeting was that it doesn't look like the league and the pa are finding a pathway to agree on that so that it looks like the nhl is just going to do this on its own um have the list recorded with central registry starting next season but that the nhlpa won't won't be part of that yeah feels like that shouldn't be so hard i mean it just makes sense to have it all centralized yeah a system of checks and balances so that you're doing the trade call there it is on the computer because think about all of the trades that have to get executed at deadline how many have to get done you would think just having all that information sitting there where a a system where a flag would go up you know someone's computer starts beeping if someone tries to trade a player somewhere that that it doesn't and and i think what i understand one of the reasons why the pa didn't want to move forward at least at this point with the kind of language the NHL was proposing is that it seemed like it could put players and player agents in a position of being disciplined or, or penalized if there's a screw up with the list and, and I think the PA's position is well we don't want to be part of penalizing our players on something that you know so I, I think at the end of the day the PA's fine if the league through the clubs has a list of it it doesn't need to be involved in their end yeah 
Yeah. All right. Anything else? We're good. Good to wrap that's it up. It, I'm going to show this is available on YouTube so people watching can take a look. Just showing everybody what our view here is at this. By the way, it was this very resort 30 years ago that, that what happened, Pierre? Mr. Bettman? Uh, he was voted in as commissioner 30 years ago, a couple of days ago. How about that view? Yeah. At, at this very hotel. Yeah, man. Yeah. Lots of history here. Uh, by the way, how much longer do you think he goes in that role? I mean, he obviously signed an extension last year at this meeting, not that they announced it or, or wanted to confirm it to us. He signed an extension for sure. We don't know for how many years. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Thanks for doing this. So you got to go right for the athletic. An article coming out uh, yeah, tonight, tomorrow. Watch a little soccer and right for the soccer, athletic. Soccer, maybe yeah. a little pool, uh, poolside uh, bar, maybe a little pina uh, colada or something. Uh, something with an umbrella in it. When in Rome. All right, that's going to wrap the podcast. Got your back, NHL edition uh, from Florida. The Board of Governors meetings. That'll wrap it up. Big thanks to our sponsors, Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, the best damn Christmas party you've ever been to. Tons of fun with that crew. We're thrilled to have them as title sponsors. Of course, our great friends at Pro Hockey Life as well, and Liberty Smart Security, also a valued sponsor here on Got Your Back. LeBron and Rashog, thanks for your downloads and your subscriptions. Uh, we'll see if we can drop another podcast later this week, depending on schedules, but by all means, we'll be back next week full steam as well. So enjoy yourselves uh, the rest of your, what day is it even? Was it Tuesday today? Today's Tuesday, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. <laughs> Pierre and I most certainly are gonna go and enjoy all of that, and we'll uh, talk to you real soon, folks. Cheers.